Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm one of your hosts, Jackie, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Rahul, and it's it's been a while, Rahul, but how are you doing, my friend? It's been a very long time. I'm doing, I'm doing good. It's been a busy few weeks. The last time we recorded, we were not um, doing this virtually. We were doing it together in New Orleans. And so we've had a few highs and lows since then. Quite a few highs and lows, my <laughs> friend, quite a few. But let's start with New Orleans and maybe do a quick few minutes recap of how our experience was. We got to soak in some sunshine. We got to experience the culture. I think that's the biggest thing of Mardi Gras and the and the positivity of the people in the South. And honestly, the guys from Carefree Louisiana and how lovely they were to us. And not just us, Rahul, all of the other fans that have traveled from far and wide to not just experience Mardi Gras, but talk about Chelsea, watch Chelsea. I don't know if that's something you want to talk about later on, but <laughs> share the pain we've had this season and the joys we've had this season. But what was your experience? How did you like it when we made it out there? It was a great experience. I had a, I had a good time interacting with, like you said, the other fans and the boys from Carefree Louisiana who uh, we've had on the podcast a few times. So it was great yeah. meeting them in person and interacting with them. And they were very gracious hosts um, setting up three days worth of, of events yeah. and, and activities. So um, all in all, a great experience. I highly recommend it to people that are listening and, and have maybe thought about it and haven't made it out uh, because it's not just about Chelsea. It's the whole Mardi Gras experience as well that I hadn't uh, had an experience before. Um, and we had a good time. <laughs> it was a good, very good time. And I think the weather was sunny one day, but raining another day. But honestly, I think the positivity from the Chelsea fans and again the local folks in New Orleans uh, that didn't deter us we were out in the rain they did a good job of covering us they have a nice place to watch the games at the at the watch party and if you felt like you're getting a little wet you could go in and take a break which was great so well well organized and for everybody who was there it was lovely to meet you hopefully you're listening and we get a chance to meet you guys next year but Rahul part of this event <laughs> is to then sit down in a crowded crowded bar together and watch our beloved Chelsea perform and perform really well. And we're all excited. We're playing Wolverhampton. The mood beforehand maybe was not so excited. There were a few people thinking uh, we might not do so well. Wolves are a little organized. They're ready to do some things. And you and I were kind of surprised. I was like, we could lose, sure, but not heavily, right? And what happened? What was our experience <laughs> at the bar? It started off well with all the singing and, and the hype for the game. It was an early game. Uh, here or at least in New Orleans, it was. I think we made it for the to the bar at eight a.m., yeah. uh, which is. I know you you go to the Houston Supporters Club uh, for games, so maybe you're a little bit more used to than I am. But that was a little early for me. So <laughs> the singing woke me up. The singing got me going. The first goal got me going because we opened the scoring with a brilliant ball from Caicedo to Palmer, and Palmer delivers. But then. It just maybe it was the Mardi Gras hangover. I, <laughs> I really don't know what it was, uh, but it just just went south real fast from there. And um, I don't even know how to explain it. Wolves, I knew would give us a tough game. I knew yeah. a, they would make it difficult for us. But nowhere did I think they would come to Stanford Bridge and score four times. Listen, the game ends 4-2, right, Rahul? Because we don't want to spend too much time on the negatives that happened at Wolves. But you look at it, you go on 4-2 at the end of the day. Yeah, they scored four. We conceded two. 
And so you can kind of paper over things and say it was a, it was a bad performance. But watching it, it was not just a bad performance. It was lethargic. We didn't care. I think at one point they were 4-1 up and we were just sitting here like, why are we even playing this game? <laughs> why are we in New Orleans? And we have to remind ourselves we were with good folks. We were having a good time. You got to try some king cake and we were sitting there and yes. enjoying ourselves and say that's the highlight of the afternoon, which is which is sad to say. But what is it about this Chelsea team? Just a quick word from you that they look at these certain games and you and I have always said we, we, we accept losing. But the way we perform sometimes is like there's no hunger, no desire, no heart. We just let this team come and take us take us away at Stamford Bridge, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's 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 difficult because you and I are used to going 86 games at bridge at the bridge unbeaten. You and I yeah. are used to we go a goal down and we come back and win two one three one or we lock teams out at one nil. But the reality is this isn't that Chelsea. This isn't that Chelsea that we've grown up with, we've we've watched. And it's not just you and me. It's it's the fans that have been going to the games for, for many years. There's a feeling that when Chelsea concede or 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 go go down in a game, there's that nervous energy. There's that yeah. expectation of we shouldn't be in this position. Why are we in this position? Frustration comes out. And at home, you're surrounded by your own fans. I think that impacts us a little bit right now with, with what we put out on the field. I think it gets to the players a little bit. That's where players need to step up and inspire and get the crowd going. Um, but that I think that will just take some time. We we have to take some of these punches and, and hits on the face to get to where we're trying to get to. I, I look at, and I hate making the comparison again and again, but I look at where Liverpool have come from. I even look at Arsenal. Four years ago when we started this podcast, you were like, Arteta should be sacked. Why is he there? <laughs> They're languishing in 15, 16. Eventually, they finished eighth. They finished eighth again. And suddenly, they rose up. And now they're a team that everyone's talking about the title. So we just got to give it time. And we got to take it as it comes. Because there is talent in this squad. There is yeah. talent in this team. We got to fine-tune it a little bit. Maybe add a couple more players in and around to finish this puzzle. But until then, we're going to have these games. My only complaint is... Still fight, still put in a performance. Yeah. Don't look so lethargic or uninspired, but that will also come as we as we mature and grow as a group. Yeah, ask me about Pochettino later when we talk about Crystal Palace because I'd like to share my thoughts with you when we get there and some of the players that that should inspire us and should carry us forward. But we talked about highs and lows, Rahul. We come back home and. We're feeling pretty low, but we're playing Aston Villa. It's an opportunity in the FA Cup to move forward. Maybe we're a cup team. Maybe we get an opportunity <laughs> to move forward somewhere and, and challenge on a different front. And I think a lot of us were not super optimistic, especially given the first game against Villa where we really couldn't break them down. We're now playing at Villa Park. How are things going to look? But Rahul, the team that came out that day, you would say... They ate their vegetables. They had their proportion <laughs> of steak. They were raring to go. They were excited. I mean, they were a completely different team. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you, you're you're not wrong. This was we were all expecting that after the Wolves game, which was on the back of the Liverpool game, going away to to Villa was the worst possible scenario for right. for Chelsea. And it was an opportunity that we had the first time around to get it right, get done at home, which we didn't, which I had an extra game on the calendar. And 
honestly, I think everyone we spoke to after after the Wolves game at the bar, everyone we spoke to a few days later, just felt this was not going to be a game that Chelsea would show up and and win. And that was most likely going to be the end of our, our FA Cup run. But along with that, it wasn't just how fans felt. There was a lot of news coming out of the club, journalists yeah. reporting, Enzo wants to leave, Enzo's agent had to come out and comment, Pochettino's future was in question. So there was a lot of negativity had built up around around Chelsea. And as Chelsea do, when negativity builds, they come together, they act as a team like we've been saying they should do, <laughs> and come out against Villa and... It wasn't even about how average Villa were. It really was just about how Chelsea came out with a plan, stuck to it, and put their chances away, which is is feels weird to say, but that first goal from Connor gives us what we need, and we just can continue to build upon that. We really do, and I think we we look different. And it's funny for for you to say a few minutes ago of like we will go through this this season where there's going to be moments just like against Wolves, where we just don't look like a team that has any quality whatsoever. And then practically the same 11 come up. Sure, he tweaks a couple of players here and there, but they come out and they're raring to go. They want to show the hunger. They want to show the fight. They want to show the desire. And you wonder, what is Pochettino doing in these games? And he's come out many times and he's, for lack of a better word, he's used the excuse that we are a young squad. And we keep hearing this, we're a young squad. And and I think, Rahul, like, I was looking and listening to a bunch of old Chelsea interviews with Jose Mourinho when he said we are a young, hungry squad. And you think of the likes of the players we had back then in, in the Lampards and the Czechs and the Terriers. And the, yeah, they were young, but they always stepped up. But it's a different generation of players now. They don't have that maybe confidence in themselves day one. They need to have a string of results stitched together where they go on and they get this confidence and they go... Yes, I've won three, four, five, six games in a row. Maybe now I can get the business done. And that's really what I'm I'm waiting to see is if this can happen and if they can build off of that and we can say, yeah, we now have a stable team. But I'll ask you a question about this game and, <laughs> and one goal in particular. Best game of the season you've seen so far, Chelsea play? Absolutely. It was it wasn't just about the result, it was about the performance, it was about the determination. And it was just the togetherness of of the team to put the last few results right, say we are Chelsea, we we do belong here, and we can take a flying team in Villa that that have been doing well this season. And for someone like Batishile, who had a terrible game mm. against Liverpool, was dropped for for Wolves, comes back in, and I think I even questioned that I was like, well, like I, I get the drama that will happen with Thiago Silva and his wife, but is that the right call with Batishili? It was the right call. Yeah. So you can see that there are there is talent. There are players in there that that can perform and do the business. It's just getting that consistency and doing it on a more regular basis. Now, of course, Batishili is injured, so that 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 we won't be seeing that for a while. But absolutely, for me, the best performance coupled with one of the best goals I've seen this season. Um, and we just got the job done. And, and you could see the, the players were hearing the things yeah. that were being said and some of the celebrations and and, and after the game uh, comments proves that this team is together. We just have to build up that consistency, which is tough, but we got to give it time. 
Listen, my follow-up question was good. Was that contender for goal of the season? You've already answered that. And so not just answering his critics, Rahul, but maybe answering you and I, answering Chelsea fans that have said, what have we spent $100 million on? We've seen flashes of Enzo, and what does he bring to this team? Sure, he can pick a pass, but can he help with the goals? He's wearing the legendary number eight on his back. And let me be honest, I'm not expecting him to score 20 goals a season like Frank Lampard, but chip in with maybe 10, 15 goals. Even 15 might be high, but if he gets a good double digit every season and, of course, adds his assists here and there, I think he's going to be a fantastic player for us if he can continue that way. So... For me, definitely contender for goal of the season. It's been a while since I've seen a free kick of that quality. And you could see when it left his boot, you're like, wow, this guy's been practicing or something's something's going on where he's feeling the confidence today. So You, you just have to see Connor's reaction. I know there's a video out there now that just focuses on Connor, And that was every Chelsea fan. That was probably even Pochettino because <laughs> I can't tell you the last time we scored a free kick, let alone with that accuracy, with that beauty and finesse. Wow, that was I've, I've probably watched that clip more than more than anything else I've watched with Chelsea for the last eighteen months or so. Listen, and to add insult to injury, it's against a, a World Cup winning goalkeeper and Martinez, and you would imagine he's played against Connor in training. Sorry, against Enzo in training and figured out his tactics and how he likes to take free kicks, but he hit that one so sweetly. But well, before we end the Aston Villa segment and move on to Crystal Palace and, and chat a little bit more, I want to ask you a question because there's been a lot of I don't know when to say it's news, but maybe murmuring on the internet about Thiago Silva. You talked about Bell Silva posting a cheeky little remark and things need to change. Silva was dropped, and I think Pochettino ultimately came out and said he's not worried about what's going on outside. Silva is 39. He's older. We need to rest. We need to change. Those tactically things need to happen. But what we're saying or what we're hearing online is we play better without Thiago Silva. Now, I don't know the answer to this. I haven't formed an opinion yet. But the theory is, Rahul, is that he's a lot slower. Again, I don't, I've not seen this or I've analyzed enough games. And so by default, Enzo, Caicedo, Gallagher play a lot deeper to enable Chelsea to hold a deeper line. And hence, we are overrun sometimes. Enzo then has to carry the ball a lot further forward. The theory then goes on to say if the Sassi and Badia Shield or any other center back, younger pairing, maybe Colwell, come in, we start to play a way higher line giving our midfielders a bit more opportunity. I know you've not had a chance maybe to analyze this, but just want to get your thoughts because Silva has been decent for us this season, but you have seen cracks in the in the mighty Thiago Silva a few few games here and there. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And and I, like you said, I haven't analyzed it yet, but from what you're saying, that makes sense. You would expect the 39-year-old to be a lot slower than than the couple of the guys that you mentioned who are in their 20s, who are maybe a lot more fitter, not yeah. match fitter or experienced, but just fitness-wise, uh, which allows us to push forward and and maybe dictate play a little bit more further up the pitch. But Patashila has been injured pretty much all season. We can say Levi Kowal can play that position, but Chowal was out, Kukurea has been out. So maybe it's been forced upon us a little bit that mm. we've had to play Thiago Silva when uh, the options haven't been there. But I can also say Man City was a game that we all felt at that point was maybe one of our best performances. And Thiago Silva was in that game. Sure, we conceded four goals, but we also scored four, which tells me that True. we were able to contribute in the attacking uh, positions and push forward. So, look, I'm not... 
I haven't done the research. I don't I don't know the positioning of all the full team, but I don't think one player dictates how the other 10 play. Yeah. And it comes down to Pochettino setting up the team in a way that when we are defending, we go to a three. When we are in, on 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 the receiving end of maybe a counterattack, we have some of the faster players there to support uh, along with Thiago Silva. But I have seen Thiago Silva close down or read the game in such a way that he doesn't need to make up for his lack of pace. So it's it's an interesting one. And and as we get closer to the end of the season, I'm sure people will be saying, well, maybe time, let's move him on. And I don't disagree with that. But in the absence of having players that are fit and ready to go, Thiago Silva is a great option, in my opinion. He will make mistakes. He will have issues, especially with the back four. But... It's what you get with a player that's playing center back at the age of 40 in the Premier League. <laughs> and listen, you cannot discount, Rahul, that without Thiago Silva, I think the average age of the Chelsea team is 22. And I, I'm not done the math, <laughs> but I think that is what it is. So you need that little bit of experience in the team, not just necessarily on the pitch, but somebody behind the scenes, somebody to come put the arm around their shoulder. Hey, we're playing a Man City this weekend. Or hey, we're playing a big team breathe don't panic here are the things that are going to happen here's how to get over the hump and even if he's not playing i think just having that advice to help help young guys get over the hump especially if you look at our center backs i think Badiashil fofana we've not even talked about him he's been out for so long 21 22 you've got levi colwell 21 22 so some of these young guys will need to look up to silva and maybe learn a couple of tricks to the trade before before he's no longer with us so we'll see how that plays out do but, you do you reese do you think he moves on at the end of the season? My personal opinion is I think he will probably want to maybe end his career as last year or so back in his native country, maybe complete the the project of going around Europe and winning a lot of stuff. If I'm a Chelsea coach or a Chelsea owner, I would love to extend him for one more year, maybe inform him that he will not be the first choice as we're transitioning, uh, but he is vital with his experience and Maybe just the communication. And I don't mind the cheeky tweet from Bell Silva every now and then. I think it keeps us on our toes as to what's going. So I, I would keep him for one more season for sure. For sure. All right, Rahul, when it rains, it pours. But it did start with a little bit of a hurricane from Crystal Palace there. We get into that game. And this is the one I want to spend a little bit more time with you reviewing. I know we didn't get a chance to watch it in depth. But uh, let me run through the starting 11. <coughs> uh, Petrovic has been keeping his space. I think Sanchez is finally fit or getting close to fitness so it's really good for Petrovic to continue to hold down the spot we'll see as and when Sanchez is truly fully fit how this will look uh, Ben Chilwell left back Silva and Desasi Silva coming back into the middle Gusto on the right midfield three they have been untouchable in the last few games that's Gallagher Enzo Caicedo I say untouchable but we also don't have many options uh, a front four of Nicholas Jackson Conag uh, sorry I've already put Conor Gallagher in there Madueke and uh, Palmer so it seems like he's found a recipe that's been working recently, Rahul. What did you make of the starting 11? I expected starting 11, something we saw very close to against Villa, like you said, Badishila being uh, maybe the only change. Yeah. So that's what we expected. I think, do think we should maybe spend a couple of minutes on the Jackson-Palmer positioning uh, because that did make an impact against Villa as well. So... Uh, maybe it's a new formation or positioning for at least those two players that helps rotate, maybe turn into a, a front two 
uh, as a strike force when we're attacking, which look, I, I was asking for, for Pochettino to do something different. So I'm glad to see that uh, he's tried it and he's gotten results in the first two games. Yeah, it's a very good discussion point, and I think it has benefited Nicholas Jackson a lot more than it's benefited Cole Palmer, in my opinion. I'll tell you why. In the second half, we see some tactical changes, but Nicholas Jackson coming off the left wing role, I feel like he's playing as a more direct striker. I think we ask a lot of Nicholas Jackson, and the fans seem to sometimes forget it, is he's then asked to hold up play and play with his back towards goal, and when he's playing on the left, it feels like he's free. He feels like he can be a little more direct where he gets a through ball and he's just running. Nicholas Jackson just wants to run at players, find a pass, maybe get into a good spot to score a goal, obviously, like he's done against against Villa. But when he plays up in the center forward position, maybe he gets marked out of the game, he gets bullied a little bit, and he has to kind of learn that position a little bit more and, and harness some of his physical attributes to be able to hold up the ball bring in the likes of Palmer, the likes of Galaga Madueke into the game. Uh, but for Palmer, Rahul, I feel like we lose him because he's not got that physicality, just maybe like Jackson, to lead the line. And so we're missing out on that aerial threat up top, maybe missing out with that hold-up play. And in the second half, when he drops down and Jackson goes in, you can see how effective Palmer is from the hole, where he's able to find a little bit of space, shimmy a shoulder, find a beautiful pass for whoever he's working with to really make something out of nothing. So I understand it's working. Maybe it's getting the best out of Jackson initially, but we're losing a little bit of that versatility that Cole Palmer is, is just so wonderful at and maybe even pushing to be the player of the season so far, given what he's done, maybe him and Conor Gallagher together. So it's definitely an interesting debate. So let's talk about that first half, Rahul. It might be a short, short conversation. <laughs> It was like the Wolves' first half, lackluster. We didn't seem to care. And and like I said, it was a thunderstorm where it seemed like it was going to be another bad day for us. Yeah, it was not what we expected coming out of the Villa game because we thought, let's start let's start like we finished the Villa game. And, and against the Crystal Palace team, missing some of the better players, we know they're under pressure with with the fans and where they and are in the uh, on the table. It was really an opportunity to to start off on the strong foot, maybe kill the game early, score a few more goals and and try something different for for um, Pochettino, maybe a couple of players, Mudrik or, or whatever you want. But that wasn't to be. It comes back to the in- inconsistency that we've been we've been talking about and add the wonder goal on top of that from from I believe it was Lerma. Yeah. Um, it's just something that you go, well, here we go again. We we had something good against Villa. We come here, we're expecting to win, and now we're gold down. And can we come back? Can we, can we rally? And can we get the boys uh, to show a little bit more passion and, and just be quicker in the build-up, put Villa under pressure? I, mean, I beg your pardon, put Palace under pressure. And they did that in the second half, but, man, it would have been nice to see it from the beginning. Yeah, it takes it takes a little bit of stress off of us fans watching that second half because the first half Rahul was just dead. I don't know a better way to say it, but it just seems like there was a hangover from the FA Cup and they were like, We've done it and Villa is sitting in yeah, you know, sorry, Crystal Palace is sitting in fifteenth and we don't need to turn on to maybe gear two or t- three, we can take it easy. And of course it's a wonder goal, and I don't think, you know, with full respect to, to Crystal Palace, I don't think they did too much other than the wonder goal. But it was on us. We were so pathetic at that point where, you know, Nani Madueke goes from having a fantastic game against Villa 
comes into Crystal Palace and you tell every young player, oh, don't dribble in your half, let alone so close to the penalty box. Don't do something silly. And I know a lot of fans were like, well, it's Caicedo who let it go. But it's Marueke trying to do something smart or something tricky. And, and of course, he gives Caicedo a, a, a poor ball. Take nothing away from Lerma. I thought the strike was absolutely fantastic and he deserves credit. And you're going into second half saying it's another one of those up and downs <laughs> where we're not going to come. I think even you texted me saying, I'm glad I'm not watching this game because they're already conceding. And it, it took me a minute to say, really, are we going to lose this game to, Villa, to to Crystal Palace as well? What's going on with Chelsea? But uh, Rahul, what do you think he does at halftime? What does Pochettino tweak? We talked about Cole Palmer coming a little deeper maybe to help. Uh, what else is he changing? Is he just giving them a, a, a talking to to say, wake up? Yeah, I'm sure he's he's trying to get them to wake up, trying to get them to be faster, trying to get them to be a little more decisive with, with attacking and get some bodies forward and get between the lines because we knew Palace would sit deep and then they scored the goal, which even took them deeper. So we really needed some a little more fluidity. We needed a little more uh, players that could get in between the lines and, and get on the end of crosses that we are able to deliver, especially with Gusto and uh, Ben Chowell playing. But what he did, I believe, was he brought on Nkunku uh, mm. in, in the start of the second half, which really allowed us to have that out-and-out out forward with even having Jackson on the pitch. Um, I believe Nkunku came on from Madueke, which allowed Cole Palmer to go more into his natural position. And Conor Gallagher is pushing forward, Enzo is pushing forward, Gusto is running forward, and suddenly Crystal Palace have a lot more to deal with, and, and they're not able to just say, okay, everyone stay ahead of us, and we'll deal with it. And that's what you want is throw some bodies forward, get some good balls into the box and and see what happens. And in the case of the first goal, that's exactly what happens is a ball comes in and does, Cole, does Conor Gallagher just stick a foot out? It goes in. You can say he meant it. You can say he didn't. But either way, it's it comes from Chelsea trying to force the issue and, and be a little more aggressive than pass, pass left, pass right, pass back, and not really do much with it. You know, you 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 say this, Conor Gallagher really mean it. And Rahul, I I watched him, not just for this goal, but for the second goal. And and I think he's been working on his timing. That's something that Frank Lampard was so so famous for. A Conor Gallagher that we have praised this season, but we have also criticized this season. Right? Is he goes one hundred and twenty percent? He's not focused. <laughs> and you said this, and I think I would I would have loved to get the quote is if he can just dial that extra 10% that he gives into the right areas, what a player will have on our hands. And he, he's doing that. You watch him make the run, and especially for the second one, Rahul, he looks around and he goes, the palace lines move forward. I'm going to hang back for a minute and something will happen. But he, he times his finish well. It's a fantastic finish. The ball, obviously, is fabulous coming in from, from Gusto, who we need to give a little more praise to because, honestly, I've not missed Reese James that much this season, which is saying a lot for Malagusto for his first full season in England. He gets up and down well. He's picking out good crosses, and I hope that he can do more of this as we go through. But the fact that we have to come in, I think it's the 46th or 47th minute that Conor Gallagher scores this in. You're thinking, where was this the whole first half that <laughs> you've got to come on and get a couple? And I know you said Nkunku may have made the change, but realistically, Raul, we were just sharper. We just came out faster, and we wanted to get things done. And my word, what a beautiful goal. And that's, was it, 2-2 two and two for Conor Gallagher at that moment? Yeah, he hadn't scored up until the Villa game, and now he has two. So, uh, no, and he, 
that was the what was missing. I think a lot of fans were saying he just runs around and doesn't do much and um, is just aggressive. But now he's contributing with goals. I'm not saying uh, off the sample size of two games that he is going to be a consistent goal scorer, but he does get into the positions. It was just the finishing that wasn't coming through. So let's hope this is a start of something that he can add to his game and bring to the team. And allow Enzo to be deeper. Connor plays a little bit mm-hmm. forward, which is what we've been asking for. Um, and it just gives us another option of, of goals and someone that can contribute because we're not fully relying on Nkunku coming on at halftime yeah. and saying, save us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I think I think it's a, it's a good couple of games for him. Not that he's had too many bad games, but now that he's adding the game, suddenly you're standing out and saying, Connor can contribute. He can score those 10, 12 goals we were talking about from midfield. And Rahul, after he scores, I don't think Chelsea do very much for the rest of that half. And I don't mean in a negative way. I think creativity-wise, we were not able to break down Palace that much. I think it was going into the 89th minute or 90th minute, 1-1. And and honestly, after watching that first half, I think you and I would say, you know what? While we don't want this, we'll take the draw. We'll accept it for what it is. And we'll just be happy. And I think it's it's me sitting down working and I get a notification and you get a notification. And we go, Connor Gallagher. I said, what's going on? And he scores that second goal. And I tune in just at the end because I want to know what's going on. And Cole Palmer finds him. And again, I talked about it a few minutes ago. He times his run perfectly. And he almost strokes it into the net, almost with a nice sweeping movement. And and I go back to what I said earlier is, is he working on that in training? Because he knew where the goal was. He didn't have to get too excited and smash it. Conor Gallagher of eight, nine weeks ago, that's going <laughs> to, to the moon. He doesn't do that. He's composed. He's not letting the scoreline affect him. He gets the goal. And you can see how much it means to him and how excited he gets for that second goal. And it, and I know it inside we've seen him. He made his name at Crystal Palace where he scored, I think, 10 goals for them and he was excited to celebrate and destroy their their chances. <laughs> and ultimately, I think it's one of the reasons Roy Hudson loses his job as well. Yeah, it's. I think what you said was was very well put. That after we score, we kind of go back to being our old selves. And so you're saying the goal comes at the right time, but it also then allows Crystal Palace to get into a shape and say, try to break us down, which we can't do most of the time um <laughs> and so it did the goal come too early did it come could it have come a little bit later which would force palace to come out either way we get the win and and that's what matters and crystal palace really must hate seeing conor gallagher because he <laughs> tends to get his goals against them so uh, maybe we can play them every week because we now have i think it's the joint longest winning streak against any single club so Chelsea against Palace, Chelsea hold that record. Um, so no, it was, I watched the first half a little bit here and there, and then I went away and stuff going on at work and I got the notification with Equalize. So I was like, all right, there's, there's hope here. And then nothing came through for the next like 40 <laughs> minutes. And so finally I was like, let me check what's going on. As I'm checking, I get the notification we've scored. And I was like, what were the odds of that? Um, so I tuned in too to to watch the celebrations and say, let's just get this through. And of course, what happens is even better. But no, I think a good finish, a great ball, and a good counterattack where yeah. how many times have we gone on a counter and messed it up or played the wrong <laughs> pass? So I'm glad it fell to Cole Palmer because I trust him to to find the right person. And in this case, it was Connor. 
and really pick out that pass. But Rahul, how about those celebrations? I mean, the Chelsea fans were losing their minds. At some point, they were just like, we've finally done it. We've gone through this. <laughs> and from the corner of your screen, Axel de Sassi is flying <laughs> into the crowd. And ultimately, I think it's him, Rahul, who helps break the stand because he's falling on top of all the Chelsea fans <laughs> and they end up knocking it down. And there's a beautiful shot of Conor Gallagher kind of stepping back and saying, let's not get into trouble yeah. here, fans. Let's step back. But the Sassi for you, a hype man maybe, like Nicholas Jackson, a couple of those guys you need in the team to get us excited when sometimes things are not going your way. It reminds me of Rudiger in yeah. the <laughs> Club World Cup final where he runs from defense to go celebrate and then is hitting the, I don't well, I think it was a chair. Uh, so, you know, you do need characters. You do need people that can celebrate, have a good time when things are going well. But just like Rudiger, when things weren't going right, he was able to get the team going forward and pushing forward and, and pulling in the right direction. So Disasi, maybe too early to make that comparison, but the celebration was was beautiful. And, and you could see the relief from the fans because yeah. we were expecting to win this game. We came into it saying we might not win by a big margin, but let's get the win. And finally we get that second goal and the stand and the stewards and, and Connor does the right thing, which is let me, let me back off because it's not just uh, for my safety, but also the safety of the fans. But man, it was, it felt like we had beaten palace in like a final or something. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I think a mark of a good team, and I'm not saying, I'm not here going to say and claim that we are the finished product yet. I want to be very careful with, with my right. words, but the, the mark of a good team is when you're not playing well, you can find a way to grind out the results. And I think this is something that Chelsea that has transitioned in the past, I'll talk about maybe after we win the Champions League, Jose Mourinho comes in, we're bringing in Costa, we're bringing in Fabregas, we're rebuilding. And then of course, Antonio Conte comes in a few seasons later and he wants to change and we're struggling, but we're winning some games. And you then look at Thomas Tuchel where... A lot of fans loved him, but we were not a free-flowing scoring team necessarily. We would grind out the one-nail results and make something happen. So for Pochettino, and again, I want to reiterate, I don't think we're the finished product. I don't think we're a fantastic team yet. But the mark of a good team or the signs of a team coming together are if and when you're not getting the beautiful football and you're not getting those goals early enough enough, early on enough, you can grind out the results in the end. And you need characters. You've talked about in this case, the Sassi, but the Conor Gallagher's, and I want to talk about this man here, Enzo, who you look at this in the 94th minute or whatever it is, Rahul, and we're countering and Cole, between Raheem Sterling and Cole Palmer. I think Raheem has the energy. He comes on and, and he finds Cole Palmer with a beautiful pass, rides a challenge, and Cole's dragging it forward. But Enzo, lung busting, <laughs> trying to get up there with them. And you can see Nkunku saying, it's mine, give it to me, give it to me. But Palmer, to his credit, Rahul, with a beautiful, almost pinpoint accurate ball just to land on Enzo's foot and again I can see Nkunku and in my in my head I'm saying just square it just square it letting Kunku get one and, <laughs> and 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 Enzo said listen I'm the World Cup winner I'm here to stay let me show you what I can do and puts one defender on his butt and puts the goalkeeper on his butt and beautiful finish into the top corner and it's two and two for him and the midfielders are scoring finally yeah midfielders finally we're getting we're getting some goals from them and Enzo is suddenly playing like a player that wants to prove that he he's won the World Cup, yes, but he belongs. He is the hundred million uh, yep. pound player that we've signed, and and that finish. I mean, the the free kick in the last game was was beautiful, 
but that finish, the awareness to to bring it back, to cut, and then put it in, in into the corner, not say, let me try to be fancy and, and slide it through his legs or anything, to give him the keeper no chance. So he does have a finish in him, and, and I want to see more of that. But the the ball from Cole Palmer yeah, was fantastic, inch perfect. Again, you say we're on the counter. This could easily be messed up. It could be stopped. It could be blocked. But he holds on to it, and then he knows when to release it, and then Enzo does what he does. And talk about celebration. Nicholas Jackson runs from <laughs> the substitute's bench to celebrate and picks up a ninth yellow card of the season. But there's there's another character for you, Jackie. Um, but it's these are the kind of moments that bring a team together. The, the yep. defeats and all of that also do. But winning it so late with the goals that we scored the away from home is what you bottle up and say, when things are tough, let's let's stick together and try to get through it. And the players that are scoring, Rahul, I think is very important. A homegrown, bleeds blue, he's running out his contract. Maybe this is a way of saying, Chelsea, I want to stay. Give me the contract or give me the contract that I know I deserve. And, and then the the maybe the star boy that's not lived up to his potential and saying in the last two games... I've heard rumors, but I want to be here. Let me show you what I can do to say that I want to be here. So not all is well in the camp. You could still see Conor Gallagher playing the way he is and our, our owners lose their minds and sell him in the summer. And we're like, <laughs> what's going on? And you could see Enzo do really, really well and say, listen, I'm I'm not in this project anymore and I want to move on. But for now, it looks like they're fully committed and that's all we can ask for. That's what we want to see week in, week out from these boys. So I am I'm fully excited for the next few games, although... It might be time to build up to the next game, Rahul, and that's Manchester City. So I'll pass it over to you, my friend. I don't know if you have any stats for us, but maybe, you know what? Don't read any stats for us. because What if they're good? They're, they might go in our favor. <laughs> so I think the joke is that Rahul reads some fantastic stats. Chelsea have never lost in one million years. We score 15 goals in the previous matches. This is a shoe-in. We're going to win this one 8-0. And we show up to the pub or we show up to watch the game. And every stat he said has been broken and we lose and we embarrass ourselves. But he's made a bold claim. He says, what if the stats have been horrible? They've been bad for years. <laughs> and it's time to flip that on its head. So what do you have to share with me today, Rahul? So Man City have won six of their last eight Premier League home games <laughs> against Chelsea, keeping a clean sheet in five of those victories. So is it time? Is you said it, not me. Uh, Chelsea have kept just one clean sheet in their last 19 Premier League meetings with Manchester City, with the last coming in 2018 under Sari. So looking, looking okay. Um, the 4 4 draw between Man City and Chelsea in the reverse fixture back in November ended a run of 16 games without a draw between the sides. The last time both meetings ended level in the season was in 2014-15. And I just want to point out that since that Champions League final in 2021, <clears throat> we haven't beaten them at all. In fact, the only point or result we've gotten was that 4-4 draw. So, look, it's I'm no way saying that we're going to go away against a City team that are in a title race and do something that we haven't done in a long time. But I also know that Pochettino's teams against Pep's teams end up scoring goals. And it's there is drama, there is chaos. And does that benefit us? We'll wait to find out. Listen, this team that he's built so far, Rahul, 
seems to play better with an open team, an expansive team that has a high line that gives us an opportunity for us to play. No low, no low blocks, no too tight defensive. Play. There's not too much to unlock there. It's one heavyweight punch versus another heavyweight punch, which is how we ended up with the 4-4. But I have to be honest with you, Rahul, this will be a super test for where we are in the season. I, I said that I've seen signs of progress, and I think one thing I wanted to share with you early on is that I'm starting to believe, and maybe I'm deluded, but I, I believe the stories that are coming out of Chelsea of this is a multi-year project. And the fact that the same team can go lose 4-2 to Wolves, but then wake up the next day and win 3-1 to, <laughs> quote-unquote, a better side in Villa, at Villa's home, and show us that they have what it takes. And the same team can come to a struggling Crystal Palace and and play completely poorly in the first half, make a few changes, wake up maybe energetically, and show that they have what it takes to grind out a result. So it's making me believe a little bit that we need to have patience and not get so reactionary, which as Chelsea fans, it's so easy to do. And you and I can sit here, Raul, and we can say, maybe Poch is not the man to take us to a Premier League or to a Champions League. But for now, he is the man to stitch together these young guys and maybe give them the belief and he said this, and the owners have said this, It's he's got a two-year contract with the option for the third. Maybe when he gets to that second year, we can then decide, is he the man to take us to trophies, or has he done enough to stitch us here to build the confidence and get these guys p- playing the way we think they should play, and someone else comes in? I don't know. It's still early days. But coming back to Manchester City, I don't. I, I think we've talked about ups and downs. This might be a down, and so I'm trying to be a little more cautious, but it shouldn't be a down where we we crumble. I want to see some of that 4-4 uh, punching, throwing punches back and forth. If we lose, but lose go d- going down swinging is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's one of those games where we're expected to lose. We're going in as, as the underdog. We're going in yep. as a team that people are saying Man City will be winning because it's Man City at home. So the, the expectations are off. We're playing in this game. Our next game is a cup final. So a little bit, a part of me would say, let's at least put in a performance and measure ourselves against Man City when we played them three months ago. We got a draw. Things are a little bit different now, but let's let's keep this momentum going. It's we've gotten a couple of good results. Let's keep it going and see where we end up with with at the end of ninety minutes here against City. And like you said, I think when a team is expansive, it's open that yeah. benefits us. Cole Palmer going back home benefits us because he would want to prove to them that everything he's done this season he can do it in Manchester as well and so look let's let's be positive and and hope for a decent draw result here and anything more than that would be a massive positive but a part of me would then also say we're handing Liverpool and Arsenal the the initiative in this race but I'm more focused on ourselves especially with the final next week if we can do something here against Man City, that would give me a lot more confidence going into into next week. And listen, you call me Mr. Positive, but I like this attitude that I'm hearing from you today. <laughs> and and the vibes are coming here, full positivity. But but listen, you talked about Cole Palmer. Rahul, I think he's pushing 20 goals and assists so far for the season. Fantastic for the young man. I think it's something like 10 goals. Obviously, a lot of penalties in there and uh, eight or nine assists. So he's pushing those those 20, 20 numbered for he, us. He which can is... only score the chances he gets. So <laughs> don't say obviously a lot of penalties in there. But listen, he could have had two more fun. against Liverpool. 
still absolutely fantastic for for the young man making a big move across london there's a little rumor that he doesn't know how to do his laundry and he doesn't know how to cook his food but that's, listen that's, that's all to the side of that. <laughs> if he gets if he gets the business done so raul is he the first name on the team sheet maybe give me the predicted 11 yeah look it's it's a homecoming for him and i'm sure he wants to prove to to man city and to pep that they should have kept him and given the opportunity so for me he starts Okay, so let's go. Let's start from the back. Patrick, obviously in goal. Are you changing the back four? Is it the same Chil- Chilwell, Silva, Desasi, and Gusto? Any changes there? I believe Silva went down in the Palace game, and Pochettino said he felt something. Uh, now we're doing this ahead of Pochettino's press conference, so I would say if Thiago Silva doesn't make it, then Levi Cole comes in, which I'm I'm okay with because I'd like to see Levi play in that in that um, center back position. The only thing would concern me is Holland against Isasi and Kowal, who haven't played as a center back pairing. But stranger things have happened. We'll figure out if this partnership works. <laughs> uh, midfield three have not changed. And like we said, there's not been too many other choices. So uh, Gallagher, Enzo, and Caicedo, they're going to need to be absolutely fantastic to go against Rodri. And and maybe KDB might start. I don't know how this works. He definitely uh, will. <laughs> uh, you already said Palmer's the first name on the sheet. Is Jackson playing left wing in this game and then maybe alternating? Or has Pochettino maybe learned his lesson to let Palmer play a little deeper? Uh that's what I'm not sure of. I think he may continue with with Jackson on the left, Palmer up top, Connor in behind uh, Palmer, and then it's really the right wing. Is it Sterling? Is it Madueke? If Palmer drops, does Nkunku start? So there's a few few questions there. Uh, but I would continue with the formula that's worked in the last two games and and let let Madueke start. So Madueke comes on. So no no return to Sterling. Just yet, he may come off the bench and and prove prove us wrong. But I know that how you feel about Raheem Sterling, so we wouldn't get into that discussion there. Raul, I've got to push you. I know it's a tough game, and you said you'd take a draw, but you stranger things have happened. <laughs> what are you What are you going for with this result? I will go for a two two. That is not a bad result, my friend. It's it's pretty good. I will take it. It's happily something that will help us in our in our charge for ninth as we keep our expectations realistic. Charge I honestly <laughs> I was honestly going to go for a one one draw because I'm optimistic. I think we might end up losing this game, maybe two nil, two one. But if we can squeeze a one one, Rahul, and we can then motivate the boys and say, You've done it against the best, let's go for the cup next. Again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I'll take a one one, my friend. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just feel like City have two goals in them, so that's why I went with the with the two two. But one one's fine with me. A two one loss, I'm okay with because it's Man City. As long as we perform and give them a tough time, because then we can say we can do it against against the best. And then let's 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 get it done next weekend. Listen, it'll be such a confidence booster for us to get a couple of goals. One goal, a draw, and honestly, Rahul, if if we end up losing, like I think two one, but we really put in the effort and we show Manchester City, I keep seeing one blow here, one blow here. If they get the final knockout, but we felt like we kept up with them, I think Pochettino then has the right ammunition to give the speech to say we can go do something in this final. And we we all know this. Jose Mourinho said what a final, and we'll do a special episode building up to this. But we know what Jose has said. Winning a final can change the mentality. It can take a lot of pressure off of of uh, Pochettino and all the fans that have been riding down his neck. So, 
I'm I'm optimistic, so let's see. But take us home, my friend. That wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chels on all podcast providers. Instagram and Twitter, it's at the Premier Chels pod. And we will be back, as Jackie mentioned, with a preview of the Carabao Cup final. But until then, up the Chels.